You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm eager and excited to chat with Mickey Kennedy. Mickey is the founder and president of eReleases, the small business leader for press release distribution. Now celebrating 22 years in business, he's an expert at helping small businesses increase their visibility and credibility, and he's here today today to share some valuable insights with you. Uh, thanks for joining me, Mickey. Oh, thanks for having me. Great. So to get a little bit more color of your background and e-releases, you started at 22, almost 23 years ago. Give us a little history of who you are, where you came from, and how you got where you are now. Sure. So uh, I had finished a graduate degree, an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. And I assumed I'd be waiting tables the rest of my life. But uh, <laughs> after a short stint of doing that, I realized being on your feet 10 to 12 hours a day, it's really taxing. So I decided I was going to get an office job. And I started a telecom startup. And one of the jobs that I did because of my English background was put together press releases and send them out. And at that time, it was through fax. And so I would be programming a fax machine with 100 numbers, that's as many as it held, hit send, take all day. The next day, I delete those numbers and put like 80 or 90 more in because our media list was like around 180 or 190. And uh, a lot of journalists started to call and say, hey, I like all these tables and numbers you have. Could you just email it to me as a Word document? And so it's easier for them to work with. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the light bulb went off and it seemed like email would be a natural progression over faxing. And uh, I mentioned it to my boss and he was like, that's a great idea. You should start that. And so I spent about a year reaching out to journalists, asking them if I could put them in my database. Uh, originally, I was going to be tech uh, oriented. But what I found was I'd go to these tech editors and they're like, I'm now doing fashion. I'm now doing retail. And so I would just change the categories and I just started building all categories. And so I launched e-releases about a year after that. And uh, it'll be 23 years, uh, October. And uh, it's it's been a fun ride. Uh, over the years, uh, PR Newswire reached out to me and said, you should also send your releases through us, um, the Newswire. And I pointed out that my customers pay two to $400 on average, and they charge over $1,000 to move a press release nationally. And so uh, we... We, we put our heads together, tried to decide how we could make it a win-win. They acknowledged that my customers are never going to be their customers or what their salespeople are looking to go after. And we chose um, next day distribution as a default when you place an order with us so that uh, their team and their overnight team, which isn't very active, can work on it. So it wasn't costing them additional labor as well to get those releases set up. And so it's, it's been a great partnership. It's been a fun ride. Um, I've definitely learned a lot over the years. I think 10 years ago, I was really obsessed with writing the best, most perfect press release and thinking that was the holy grail. And that's how you got media coverage. And that shifted to uh, it's all about strategy and developing something that's newsworthy and taking the journalist into account as a gatekeeper. And how can I draft my announcement in a way that he would want to share it with his audience? And, uh, you know, it's less about what's in it for me, but what's in it for them. And mm -hmm. if you can solve that, then you can definitely uh, get more media coverage rather than just your average press release. Great stuff. So that, that really, in my estimation, that dovetails into 
our listeners thinking about customer and brand loyalty. So brand storytelling, right? That's, that's where it starts. So a company's press release, I think, at least in my estimation, is more than just news about what they're doing, but it sets up, sets the tone for the culture of a business, right? For a company, what their ideology is and why someone might want to do business with them. But there's probably a lot of people that have press releases that are released for the fact of just maintaining their name in the, in the news media, right? Sure. But before we get into the nitty gritty of, um, of you know, business and uh, uh, customer loyalty and brand loyalty, let me ask you, what do you find in the, in the space that you're in is the most useful for your clients in terms of getting PR out there? Is it attracting new business or is it maintaining existing business? I think it's uh, attracting new business. I think that that's the biggest opportunity for customers who are looking to do PR, because if they get articles in their trade publications or uh, in, in their audience, you know, ex exposure, it, of course, people who already knew about them, but maybe aren't part of their lead pipeline will become, you know, part of their lead pipeline. And for, you know, existing customers, it, it's just good to reinforce that. But I think that a lot of people look at it with the opportunity for new customers and people who just aren't aware that you exist as a solution. Right. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, we're definitely going to, we're going to swing back to that, but for right now, uh, from a customer loyalty standpoint, I want to find out what Mickey Kennedy is loyal to brands or services or, you know, features in, in certain companies and why. I am very loyal to American Express. Uh, they, uh, years ago, gave me the plum card where I get 2% cash back. I heard that they've lowered it to 1.5%, but I'm grandfathered in as long as I spend more than 5000 a month. And I spend considerably more. Uh, I, I think I rack up around $40,000 a year in cash back that goes back into my company uh, through that 2% cash back. So it's very worthwhile for me. And for that reason, I just love American Express. And if someone doesn't take American Express, I'm always like beating them up and saying, you really should, because they always complain about the high fees, which could yes. be like 3.75%. But what people don't realize is these high reward Visa and MasterCards can be up to four and a half and four and three quarters, because that's how they afford those uh, rewards is to, to be even higher than American Express. So uh, you, you can't restrict those. If you take Visa and MasterCard, you have to take all Visa and MasterCards, even those reward ones. And so I think, you know, if, if you're especially in the B2B space, it's a no brainer that you should be taking American Express. Um, I think about uh, a third of my customers use uh, American Express. And so um, I, I, I just see it as a cost of doing business and they're good to me when it comes to my, my usage of it. So, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I had a story where I probably mentioned this on one of my previous episodes, but I think it's worth retelling the, the value to me as a consumer using it. Right. I purchased, uh, I had to have my pool open, my swimming pool open in New York. This is probably 20 years ago. And uh, the guy said, it's going to, it's going to be $1,200. And I thought, well, that's a lot of money, but whatever, you know, it had a big uh, diving board and a uh, slide and needed the cover come off. It was green and they put everything together or what have you. So anyway, the guy leaves and the pool was still pea green. And I said, you know, basically he took the cover off and put the diving board on. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I said, I'd be willing to pay you $300 for that, but I'm not paying you 1200. So 
he wouldn't go, he wouldn't budge. He wouldn't come down. So I called American Express. I said, listen, I'm, I don't want to be an, an idiot about it, but it's just not fair. For And I took pictures, showed him the whole thing. Anyway, long story short is they actually ended up paying the bill on my behalf because I guess he was a good merchant for them as well. They didn't want to lose him as a merchant. But then they sent me a, a flowers <laughs> as a thank you for still using American Express. And I've been a card member since 1985. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, um, and, and anytime I call them, they'll get on the phone. They'll answer, you know, in in perfect English diction that I can understand, you know, which is an important factor to me. But um Anyway, uh, getting onto the business side of it, Mickey, let's let's turn the tables and, and put you in as you market your business to be other businesses and you get them on board. How do you think about loyalty when it comes to keeping your customers loyal to you? Right. So I think it's really difficult for an online company to make a deep connection with someone. So I do lots of things in my business to try to uh, establish those relationships and build ties. Uh, when someone comes in as a new customer, we send them a welcome uh, email with a picture of us uh, thanking them by name on a whiteboard. Uh, we send them a book uh, with a letter. Um, the book is about press release strategies, so it's it's something they can use. We also come up with ideas for their next press release. We actually write ideas based on their first press release and looking at their website, what might be some good strategic ideas for them for, for their next press release. So we're, we're really trying to uh, get them to buy into a PR campaign because a lot of people will do one press release. And then if it doesn't work, they assume PR just doesn't work. But the thing is, uh, a PR campaign should be a series of six to eight press releases, and it should be on various different strategic approaches until you find one that works. And then you try to determine, can you replicate it or you know tweak it slightly um, and, and go from there? And some for some people, it, it just works again and again. I have one client that only does surveys and studies, and that's a good hack for anyone. If you feel you're not newsworthy and you don't have anything to announce, do a survey in your industry. Right now is a prime opportunity for that because there's just been so much uncertainty for the last year and a half. And I think that's going to progress forward for the next year and a half. Uh, is, is, is my uh, take on it. And I think that right now, people would want to know uh, how people feel in your industry. Are you hiring? Are you uh, spending as much on marketing as you were two years ago or a year ago? Um, do you plan on spending less or more in the future? Uh, I think all of that information would be really helpful um, in your industry. And you can also pepper it with some additional um, questions that might be really relevant. And I always suggest to throw in one or two oddball questions uh, you'd be surprised how many times those get picked up and and I've even had them go viral more times than I can you know even think about but I had a local uh, auto repair shop in Pennsylvania and their questionnaire to other independent auto repair shops was uh, what's the strangest thing a customer left in their car for you and it was an open field where people wrote in and they people loved it you know statistically there was no relevance here because every answer was unique but the the media uh, auto trade publications in several newspapers really loved it and you know they they would they would pick and choose what their favorites were and include in the articles that were written about it. And, you know, that, that worked for them. And, you know, their, their big hang up was, 
I'm just this auto repair shop. I don't know anything about being an expert in my industry. I said, you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be the author of that study. And then they're like, well, we don't know who to send it to. And I'm like, there are dozens of independent and small trade associations that will gladly send out your uh, your your survey link in exchange for a mention in the press release. Mm-hmm. And the first one they reached out to was Independent Auto Repair Shops of America. And they said, sure. And they, they shared it on social media and sent an email to their customers and about 800 of them uh, responded. And, you know, it, it worked very well. That's something anyone can do. It, it's not rocket science, but it is the type of thing that people like. And right now is a, a prime opportunity for, for doing a survey or study uh, because of you know people wanting to know how other people in their industry feel. Yeah, it's, it's very true. I mean, there's, there's lots of ways. In fact, this podcast was born out of exactly that. I mean, um, you know, I, I started a loyalty company, uh, software as a service, that we built this platform. And to get in front of the right audience, um, I was listening to podcasts and, and, this, and the guys said, start your own, become an expert in the field. So I, I know loyalty. I mean, we built a loyalty program in the casino that I started in 1997 from scratch. So I understand loyalty. I mean, if you ever want to see customer loyalty, you look at the casino industry and the airline industry, they mastered it, right? So uh, doing that, but, but you know, I, I love press releases, don't get me wrong. But I think the interaction of a video podcast is powerful. It's really powerful. And our listeners just love it. Um, so you did mention one thing, though, Mickey, and I had a question. When you said you, you do like series of seven press releases, let's say six or seven press releases, is it on the same subject matter? No, it, it, it almost never is. The only time that it would be is if the first one just killed it and you're continuing to uh, do releases of a similar theme to see if they'll continue to work. And they do. I've had that happen with some clients. Uh, uh, there was one that was a local carpet company in New Jersey. And we were we did five releases, nothing. And then uh, we decided to do a release of talking about marketing and how difficult it is for local carpet companies to market against the big box home improvement stores. And it, it did really well. Uh, I think 10 to 12 uh, floor trade publications picked it up. And so we just continued to do marketing releases. And over the next six months, uh, we ended up getting over 30 clips in total uh, from trade publications, um, local newspaper, and a local state, uh, New Jersey magazine as well. And the smart thing they did is they took all the clippings and put them together. And whenever they give someone a quote, they would pull the book out and thumb through it with them and show that they'd been picked up in all these national publications. And they started converting about 20% more leads as a result of that. They called it their big brag book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that credibility of being uh, in there, no one else is going to give them a quote, is going to have, you know, floor trade weekly and all these other publications writing articles about them. Uh, But here's a company that's local to them that has. So even if they're a little bit more, uh, you know, they're willing to spend it. And what they found is it's not so much that their people are willing to spend a little bit more because they said they always tried to come in really close to what they felt the big box home improvement uh, stores charge, but to educate the customer that they use a superior padding and that the people that do the installations are salaried, uh, 
people who generally work for their lifetime. And they're not people that you have to come back in six months and restretch the carpet, which happens a lot when you bring these contractors in uh, that Home Depot and Lowe's hires that don't have carpet experience. They just have a home improvement license and they're available for work. And that's all that uh, Home Depot and Lowe's requires. They don't even have to be carpet installers or anything like that. So uh, there's a lot of mistakes that get that happen out there. And, you know, the, the customer said, we've always tried to educate people, but they never really believed us or listened until we started to show them that we are bona fide experts and recognized in our industry. Yeah. I, again, I think being a category expert, a subject matter expert is, is powerful. You know, I mean, it opens doors. So even, even like I said, in this podcast, I've had CEOs of major corporations that would normally never answer an email, right? But when they have the ability to talk about customer loyalty, their brand on this show, it's like, okay, that's uh, it's a great opportunity. And it's led to, you know, not only business relationships, but personal relationships, you know, um, and it's, it's powerful stuff. So from, from when you, when you think about press releases and the companies that you do business with, I'm assuming it's a wide variety of companies that you have under right. your umbrella. Right. And you probably Mickey, I'm assuming are, a, I, don't want, I wouldn't say an expert, but you seem to dig deep into each of the companies that you do business with to understand what their MO is and have, help them construct it in such a way that it makes sense for the end user or, or reader, a viewer of the press release to, to get the message across. We do with our, our hiring clients. A lot of people just use us a la carte, so we don't get the experience to give them advice or, or, or anything like that. But we're very available. Uh, when you call e-releases or chat with us, you're speaking to an editor. We have no salespeople. That's a really important thing, I feel, from a loyalty standpoint. There's no quotas, no commissions. Uh, I want my people to be upfront and honest with people. And if we feel we're not a good fit or we're not sure that press releases are going to work, we're very upfront and just tell you we're not sure. It would just be a gamble. Sometimes those gambles play off, uh, pay off, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes we just don't know based on what we see and don't see. So when it comes to loyalty within e-releases, for example, how do you think about, obviously, what American Express does for you is cash back, but I'm assuming you don't have a loyalty program or maybe you have discounts, but what, what do you do to have customers maintain their loyalty to you as opposed to going to a competitor? Right. So we do special uh, event sales uh, four times a year. And it's a 50 to 70% price reduction uh, for buying multiple releases. And uh, we, we, we make those available to the customers. And it's sort of like an, a special event and, and they seem to love it. And it creates a win-win. You know, By bundling them together, we're able to lower the price where we couldn't effectively do it for just a one-off press release or something like that. And uh, it gets them to buy into you know, the the idea that press releases are PR campaigns and that there's something that you have to uh, continue to do and continue to learn from and they grow organically uh, as your market grows and as things change. Mm. What about influencers? I mean, you know, that's, that's obviously all the rage now. Everybody's using some influencer in their market. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of making an acquisition for another company right now. Um, 
um, with my son, but uh, it was interesting. And when I did some research, some due diligence on this company, they've got influencers that, you know, not by the thousands, but, you know, a couple of hundred solid influencers that are getting 30 or 40,000 views of their videos on a regular basis, which is, is quite interesting. I don't know if that works in PR per se, but it is a form of PR. It is. And the, 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 the one good thing I will say is that with uh, the Newswire, 15 years ago or so, bloggers were really big and uh but the newswire would not accept them as a as a journalist or as a source and after a while they started to accept them and allow them to sign up and receive releases and stuff like that uh i mean the press releases are pretty public so they're out there but there's a lot of power for having access to the newswire where if you have a login, you can actually look at certain feeds, you can create tags so that only press releases that mention these um, words appear or exclude some with certain words. So you can make it very sophisticated and personal. And that's where the real value of, of being a member is. And so, you know, I, I saw that slowly evolve where bloggers were accepted now. Uh, they're they're very accepting of media social media influencers uh, as a source um as a matter of fact several in the fashion industry instagram uh media influencers are sources with the newswire and they receive the things and they decide to you know if they see something really cool you know turn it into an image or take the image that's there and share it with their followers and uh so i think i think that they are a natural extension of media and i think that the newswire has been really smart about the evolving nature of media and how we get our content. So it's really good to see how difficult they were with bloggers and how open they are now with social media influencers. It's a complete 180 uh, with them. But I, I think it's, it's the, you know, if they want to grow and to be relevant, they have to accept that media comes from all different types of places. Yeah. At the same time, you do have to be careful of uh, compensation that they may be getting from the brand. And, you know, I, I think of like the points guy in the loyalty space. He's probably the end all be all when it comes to travel and loyalty. But he does mention on his website that he is getting compensation for the mentions and stuff. But he does still write in such a way that it's informative and it's not pushy. But, you know, he does make money from the, the mentions that he he does on the site. Right. So it's a catch 22 in that respect that you, you, you'd have to be a trusting source in the first place. And then, you know, because I remember like back in the day, Consumer Reports, right? Or even CNET, right? I, I would look at CNET uh, to evaluate what software to download and I would take their advice. I know they're getting paid. In fact, the points guy and CNET are both owned by the same conglomerate that has tons of different sites that you probably heard of. And it's just, you know, it's that that fine line of news. And especially now when, you know, in, in the last two years or three years with the quote unquote fake news being all the thing now, it's it's hard to take it at face value what is real and what's not real because of the source that it's coming from. Right. But I guess in in your line of work, Mickey, when you're writing a press release for and on behalf of a company, you know, you're you're speaking for that company to their potential customers. And it's it's obvious that it's a press release. Right. 
right? So it's not some sort of advertisement or something like that. So I guess it, it's, it, it, it can work that way. It's right. not a problem. And, uh, so let's, let's really quickly turn to the future of loyalty. And I know we didn't really get into the nitty gritty of loyalty like I do with most guests because, you know, your business is a little bit different than most of the uh, prior guests are in the loyalty space or have companies that have loyalty programs. But as, as you think about loyalty, brand loyalty from either you being a consumer or you running a business, what does the future of customer loyalty and brand loyalty look like to you? Thank you. I think it's um, getting away from gimmicks. I think that uh, for me, it's you, you just be solid. You provide good customer service. And you know, if I have to use the customer service, make it very easy for me. I had to call my alarm company twice over the past six months, and it was very difficult. And the first time they sent me a review and said, how did we do? And I was like, oh, great. And then I just kept getting charged my old rate for two months. Mm. And so I called back and it was night and day. They said, oh, I don't know why that didn't happen, but now I can't give you a refund, but we're going to extend your, your, your alarm contract an additional two months. So you're going into a new plan and you, it'll be at the lower rate. And I just felt like, oh, this was just difficult. And then they sent another survey and I was a little more brutal then. And it's because I gave you one time to solve this and you didn't provide me with good customer service. And it's not my problem as to why that happened. The Hopefully the second person figured it out, but I haven't been charged yet for the new month. So we'll see if it was resolved because if it's not, it's, you know, I'm going to be really, really upset. I think that at the end of the day, it's about um, you know sharing and being open with your customer, um, giving them uh, educational resources. Uh, for, in my business, it's all about strategy, and I realize that's the difference between a press release that doesn't get articles written about it and one that does. And so, I'm really big in educating my clients, and I don't charge for it. I want them to 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 take advantage of it and and learn how to write better press releases because I know if they get media pickup, they're going to continue to to use press releases. So I want it to work. I hate seeing press releases that announce a personnel change. Uh, you know, Judy was elevated from associate HR to, you know, uh, vice president HR. Very few people care about that outside of maybe one trade publication in your local newspaper. So just email it directly to them, two places. You know, it's not a lot of work. Uh, don't spend money to send something over the wire that's really that you know, lackluster because it's not going to perform. And I, I see people spend a lot of money doing that. And I know that if they had picked something that was a little more strategic or important, uh, they could potentially get real articles written about them because that's the goal of a press release isn't to get the press release on a different website, but to get the press release turned into an article so that a journalist actually wrote something and, you know, shared your, your story in an authentic and unique way. And what, what sort of um, success rate do you think you had in that, Mickey, with, you know, because I totally agree. When you have a press release, it's, you know, a little, uh, I don't want to say it's ego, you know, it's egocentric, but it's, you know, it's you writing about yourself or your company writing about itself. But when exactly that, when you get somebody else to then pick up on it and write a true bona fide story, bona fide story about it, what's, what do you think the success rate is in something like that with your clients? 
With my average client that comes through, I would say the success rate is probably under 3% that get unique articles written about them. Mm. Um, That being said, I I have this uh, strategy class that I created for my customers that's completely free, but I've also bundled it with a a, a product offering where you buy six press releases, you get access to my staff for coaching, and it's all built around the strategies of of this video training. And uh, I have a guarantee that if you don't get six articles from six press releases, we'll continue to send your press releases for free until you do. And so far, I haven't had to give a single free press release because the strategies in it are so solid that when you do six of them, you probably have had two that probably got, did really well. The survey and study is one of those things. And the average uh, articles that get written when you do a survey or study in your industry is generally between six and 14 articles. I've seen over 30. Um, I've seen as little as four, but it's it's not you know, if you if you if you model what you're going to do in a way that's strategic, you can certainly get the media coverage. What I have difficulty with is so many people have an idea of what they want to do, and then they just push a couple press releases, and nothing really happens. And uh, if you step back and you approach it strategically and through the lens of seeing the, the journalist as a gatekeeper and how do I get through that gatekeeper, then you can sort of figure it out and, and, yeah. and it works. Well, I think what we're going to do is after uh, we finish this episode, I think you and I are going to talk about uh, one of my other businesses that could probably use something like that um, to, it's a complex sale, but it's simple and it's just hard to understand. But I think Maybe you might be able to help me there. So, uh, you know, basically what we're going to do now is we're going to wrap it up only because, you know, the attention span is usually 20, 25 minutes um, for the clients, uh, for for our listeners. Uh, But I do want to thank you for your time. I think it was really valuable, Mickey, um, and uh, insightful. I think my our our listeners really got a lot out of it. Um, And if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way they could do that? Um, The website's e-releases.com. Uh, there's chat and phone numbers there. My social media is in the lower right. LinkedIn's the best place to reach me. And if anybody does want to take advantage of that free video masterclass on strategy, um, it's less than an hour. It's completely free. And it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, I, I've been told that I should make it a paid course, but uh, I'll keep it there for free for now. Good, good stuff. Well, I'll put it in the show notes as well. I want to thank our listeners for being loyal listeners, investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, we would appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you know someone else who you think might get some value for listening to the show, please do share. That's how we grow. To listen to this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.